before we are born again. Do any of us really seek God or want to do what is right in the sight of God? Or are we simply doing what is right in our own sight, doing what we think to be religious? Are we really doing what is right in the sight of God? Well, I was baptized before I was born again, and my life didn't change at all. I continued in my own pursuits, doing the things that I wanted to do, pursuing those things. I don't ever remember stopping and turning to God and saying, what do you want me to do? Please lead me. I don't remember ever saying that before I was born again. We follow the desires of our own flesh because we are flesh until God reveals himself to us. And then we are born again. But we are born as the flesh. As little babies, we are flesh. As little children, we are flesh. After God reveals himself to us, then we're changed. Then we are interested in Bible. We are interested in things of God. We want to know things of God. I've heard so many testimonies to this very fact. After they were born again, they wanted to go to church. They wanted to know about God. They wanted to hear about God. Before we're born again, some of you have gone to church. I did, was not raised in a family that went to church. But some of you went to church because they went to church. And even if your parents were born again, you referred to religious things through them, not through God. But when God revealed himself to you, then God was your God, not just the God of your father. Most of it is all centered around churches, churches my parents went to. Where did they go to church? Their religion before they're born again is centered on that fact, where their parents went to church, not God at all, where they went to church. After we are born again, we worship God in spirit and in truth, and it's no longer the church building or medallions, or candles, or anything we can see with our natural eye. But it is the Spirit of God through whom we worship God and follow God. Worship God simply means following God. When you obey someone, you worship that person, if your obedience is voluntary. We worship God when we bow down to him and obey him. And bowing down means submitting our will to God and asking that his will be done in our life. That's worshiping God. Most of us, even after we're born again, are pursuing our own will, at least for a time. But when we grow older, have more experience with God. Very frequently, God works in us to change us that 
we now desire that his will is done in our life. Not my will, but thy will be done. And we really mean that because we trust in God. You can only really mean that when you trust in God because you know his way is safe. His way is better than the way you would choose. And you want him to choose your way instead of you choosing your way. So there's a big change along the way. When we are born again, we are instantly changed. But we continue to change as God reveals truth to us. And we continue to grow in Christ as God brings us concepts and scriptures. And as we begin to see truth and we change into that truth, and every time we obey God, we are changed into the image of Christ, which is the Word. Every time. John chapter 3, verse 3. Jesus said to Nicodemus, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. You really can't see spiritual things until you're born again. Because it is the Spirit of God who is in us who reveals to us the truth about Scripture and about everything else. I've also heard many, many people say, before they were born again, the Bible made no sense at all to them. It is because the Bible is the revealed Word of God. And you cannot follow God without the Spirit of God. Therefore, you must be born again or you can't see things of God. And you are born again when God reveals himself to you. You can't force this to happen. You can ask God to save you, but you really can't force a change. Pam Paget had this experience where God opened her eyes to see something. She realized, even at her young age of high school age, she could die. She had just seen a friend of hers die on a motorcycle. I mean, she had heard of it. She didn't see it, actually. But she knew this had happened. And for the first time, she realized somebody her age could die. And she realized if she died, she would go to hell. She had been in a Catholic church all her life. But she knew at that point that those things in the Catholic church wouldn't save her. That only God would save her. So she called out to God asking, please, if there's any way you could save me, please save me. She didn't hear anything. She didn't have anything come to her mind. But something happened to her. She said after that, she began realizing there was something of God in her, in her. It wasn't until years later that she saw a scripture and knew what it was in her. She saw 1 Corinthians 3, verse 16. Know ye not that ye are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you? Then she knew it was the Spirit of God that was in her. 
David is described as a man after God's own heart. And yet David committed many terrible sins. One of them is he saw Bathsheba and he wanted to have her husband killed. So he put Uriah in the front line of the army so that he would be killed. And he was killed. Before this happened, David had sex with Bathsheba. She conceived and was going to have a child. And David wanted the people to think Uriah was the father. David called Uriah home on leave from the army. But Uriah wouldn't go to his house. He said, how can I do this when our fellow men are out there fighting the war? How can I take pleasure in my wife in that circumstance? So he just slept on David's doorstep. The servants told David. That's when David plotted to have him killed in war. Because if he had him killed in war, they would perhaps think the child was of Uriah, but it was David's child. God spoke to one of his prophets and had him go to David. The prophet told David, the child will die. Uriah was killed in battle. The prophet had come to David telling him this child would die, among other things. David pleaded for the life of the child. He fasted. He wouldn't eat as long as the child was living. The child died. The servants of David were afraid to tell, tell David that the child died. They had seen how David wouldn't even eat when the child was living. What will he do now that the child is dead? But David perceived that the child had died, and he said, Is the child dead? And they said, Yes. And David got up and cleaned himself up and went to eat. And the servants were shocked. What are you doing? David said, I will go to the child, but he will not come to me. There's nothing more I can do once he dies. As long as he was living, I could fast and call on God, and perhaps God would change the judgment. But now that he's dead, there's nothing I can do. So David got up and bathed himself and dressed and went to eat. See, David was of God. People of God act totally different than from the people who aren't of God. They do things that are bewildering to the people who aren't of God. And often they even think that they are evil by what they're doing. God had shown me in a dream that the next time my elderly mother fell, she would die. One night, I heard a very strange noise in the night. I woke up. I got up and went into her bedroom, and she was pounding on a table or something. She had fallen. I knew she would die. I called, and they took her to the hospital. She had a broken hip, and they operated on my mother. We had a snowstorm that day in where I lived. Even in the snowstorm, I went to the funeral home and arranged for her funeral because I knew she would die. That's what God had shown me would happen. I arranged with the funeral home for them to bury my mother without my being there. I told my cousin, I said, now, this is what I'm going to do. 
I'm the one to be concerned in this matter. I'm the only one left. And it will do me no good to look at my mother's dead body. It will do me harm. I'm not going to do it. It will not help my mother for me to look at her dead body. I won't do it. I know what death is. The person is simply asleep. And when Jesus returns, that person who believes in Jesus will be raised from the dead and taken into heaven. There's no reason for me to sit around and sorrow over this matter. I know the resurrection. I know what it is. And my cousin said, well, we can always have a memorial service for your mother. She lived in another city. And I said, well, do you want me to keep the dead body for you for your memorial service? My cousin did not answer that. My cousin wasn't born again at that time. The people who are not born again often think you're doing evil. After my my mother died, I moved to Lubbock, Texas. One day, I ran into uh, one of the, the woman who was in charge of the nursing home where my mother had died. And I spoke to her, and she didn't even speak to me. And I said to her, I'm Joan Boney. And she said, I know that. She didn't want to speak to me. And I realized this woman thought I had done evil. For when they called me to tell me my mother had died, I said, call Steed Funeral Home. All the arrangements have already been set up. I didn't go over there where her body was. I didn't act normal. Now, why didn't I act normal? Because I didn't care? No, because I knew the Bible. I knew the scriptures. Look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, how we're supposed to act as Christians. The Apostle Paul says, starting at verse 13, But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, concerning them who have died, that ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. Now, my mother was born again before she died. I knew it. So she doesn't have any problem. She doesn't have any problem with death. It's simply falling asleep. Why should I carry on sorrowing like the pagans do, who have no hope? For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so... Them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not go before them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God. And the dead in Christ shall rise First, then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. When my cousin's husband died, she called me and told me, 
and she mentioned something about going to Thurman's grave to decorate his grave. And I said, why? Who are you trying to impress? Thurman can't see what you're doing, for he's asleep. He won't even know you're up there decorating his grave. So who is it you're trying to impress? She was silent, just completely silent, and she was thinking. And then she said to me, Well, then, I guess it doesn't matter where we're buried. And I said, That's right. I believe she was born again at that moment because the truth reached her. That's God revealing himself to my cousin. And that's how we're born again. One time when I moved to Clovis, New Mexico, where my mother was living, that's USA, Clovis, New Mexico, USA, my dad's um, brother's wife, who was a Baptist, and another Baptist friend were talking about going out to the cemetery to decorate graves. I was shocked. I said, we're Christians. We're not pagans. Why would you do that? And they were shocked. (laughs) Apparently, they didn't know this 1 Thessalonians 4, though they had been Christians all their lives, or most of their life, I should say. No one's a Christian all of his life. At some point, you have to be born again by God. But they'd gone to church all their life. I said, no, we're, we're Christians. We think about what we're doing. And one of them spoke up and said, well, it just kind of makes me feel better to be at the grave. Oh, I can't imagine why. As Christians, we know the person is sleeping. Death is simply falling asleep. Jesus showed us that concerning Lazarus. I believe that's John chapter 11. Now, a certain man was sick named Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. It was that Mary which anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore his sisters sent to Jesus, saying, Lord, behold, he whom thou lovest is sick. When Jesus heard that, he said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. When he had heard, therefore, that he was sick, Jesus abode two days still in the same place where he was. He didn't rush to the place where Lazarus was sick. Then after that, Jesus said to his disciples, Let's go into Judea again. His disciples said unto Jesus, Master, the Jews of late sought to stone thee, and thou goest thither again? And Jesus says, Are there not twelve hours in the day? If any man walk in the day, he stumbleth not, because he seeth the light of this world. But if a man walk in the night, he stumbleth, because there's no light in him. These things saith he, and after that he saith unto them, Our friend Lazarus sleepeth, but I go that I may awake him out of sleep. Then his disciples said, Lord, if he sleep, he shall do well. Howbeit Jesus spake of Lazarus' death, 
but they thought that he had spoken of taking rest in sleep. Then Jesus said unto them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And I am glad for your sakes that I was not there. To the intent ye may believe. Nevertheless, let's go unto him. Then when Jesus came, he found that Lazarus had lain in the grave for four days already. Now Bethany was nigh to Jerusalem, about fifteen furlongs off. And many of the Jews came to Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. Then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him. But Mary sat still in the house. Then said Martha unto Jesus, Lord, if thou had been here, my brother would have not died. But now I know that even now, whatsoever thou wilt ask of God, God will give it thee. Jesus saith unto her, Thy brother shall rise again. Martha saith unto him, I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the truth. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? She saith unto him, Yea, Lord, I believe that thou art the Christ, the Son of God, which should come into the world. And when she said so, she went her way and called Mary her sister secretly, saying, The Master is come, and calleth for thee. As soon as she heard that, she arose quickly and came unto him. Now Jesus was not yet come into the town, but was in that place where Martha met him. The Jews then, which were with her in the house and comforted her, when they saw Mary, that she rose up hastily and went out, they followed her, saying, She goeth unto the grave to weep there. Then when Mary was come where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet, saying unto him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus therefore saw her weeping, and the Jews also weeping, which came with her, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled, and said, Where have ye laid him? And they said unto him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. Then said the Jews, Behold how he loved him. And some of them said, Could not this man, which have opened the eyes of the blind, have caused that even Lazarus, should not have died. Jesus therefore again groaning in himself cometh to the grave. It was a cave and a stone lay upon it. Jesus said, Take ye away the stone. Martha, the sister of him that was dead, saith unto Jesus, Lord, by this time he stinketh, for he hath been dead four days. Jesus saith unto her, Said I not unto thee that if thou wouldst believe, thou shouldst see the glory of God? Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me. 
And I knew that thou hearest me always, but because of the people which stand by, I said it, that they may believe that thou hast sent me. And when he thus had spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he that was dead came forth, bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was bound about with a napkin. And Jesus saith unto them, Loose him, and let him go. Then many of the Jews which came to Mary, and had seen the things which Jesus did, believed on Jesus. It was all for the glory of God. When a person who is born again dies, there's no problem. He's asleep. He will awaken when Jesus returns. And this is something we know. But the world may think we're evil because we don't act like they act over dead people. They're even afraid to say the word dead. Most of the time they'll say, oh, he passed away. They can't say he died. But we can. He's simply asleep. He'll be raised when Jesus returns. But we don't carry on like the pagans when we understand this. It's only a temporary thing, and we all who are of God, who have had God reveal himself to us at the end of this world, we will all be raised and taken to the new heaven and the new earth that God has prepared for his people. For this present heaven and earth will be burned by fire and destroyed by God. And everything we can see with our natural eye will be destroyed by God at the end of this present world. So we fix our thinking not on this world, but on that which is invisible, the new heaven and the new earth. You can read about that in Revelation 21. Well, we read about it now. Just turn to Revelation 21. God showed this in a vision to the Apostle John. And John says, And I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, Neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. In the new heaven and new earth there will be no more pain, for we won't have these physical bodies, so pain cannot happen to the spirit. God is a spirit. When we are raised from the dead, we will not have these bodies. 
we will have new spiritual bodies in the image of God, a spirit. Death can't touch a spirit. Physical pain can't touch a spirit. Those who have died and gone on before us, they don't have any physical pain right now. They're sleeping. There will be no pain in heaven. There will be no emotional pain in heaven. Everything is different in heaven. We will be changed into new spiritual beings. Paul tells us this secret in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, starting at verse 50. In the twinkling of an eye, we'll all be changed. Blink your eye. That's how fast you'll have these new spiritual bodies. So all of this sorrow that the pagans do, who do not know God, we as Christians should not be going through this level of sorrow. Our mind should be renewed to the truth of God. Those who die are simply asleep. And when Jesus returns, they will be raised in their new spiritual bodies. So why are you acting like the pagans? Thank you for allowing me time to share this with you today.